Think Fit, Be Fit, effective thinking for potent workouts. Think Fit, Be Fit is dedicated to creating a new conversation about your exercise. Our podcast helps to uncover how the fitness industry has misled us. And it will show you that if you believe in your ability to improve your body through exercise, you don't need to rely on diluted or shallow information. From there, you can then educate yourself about the thing you are trying to change, your body. Then by engaging in a process of self-mastery, you will discover the secrets of exercise. My name is Jen Schwartz. I'm the founder of Think Fit Be Fit podcast. As a full-time muscle activation technique specialist, strength and conditioning coach, and detail-oriented personal trainer, I developed this podcast to help ensure that your time in the gym is well spent and that you have the power of enhancing your exercise with effective thinking. This podcast is an educational resource designed for those who have overcome injury and want to stay healthy in the gym. I have seen miraculous changes in my clients, pain, discomfort, and their training progress by working on the health of their neuromuscular system. This podcast uncovers the tools that I have used repeatedly to help my clients consistently exercise without pain. You can find out more about my daily practices and tips on Instagram and Facebook at impact underscore your underscore fitness and sign up for the newsletter at impactyourfitness.net. In many ways, maintenance can be viewed as progress in regards to our fitness goals, pain-free exercise, and maintaining a healthy muscle mass. This was spoken about in the episode with Dr. Eleni Busalis, and she had been telling us, the audience and me, about her journey with losing 50 pounds after each of her children and their birth and that her kids are only like two five and seven so very short period of time lots of ups and downs mentally emotionally and physically obviously and she was relieved to hear when i said wow you're maintaining all of that that is progress so What I mean by that is that every day you get older, every day that you have new stress and new stimulus coming at you in your daily life, uh, like horrible news articles or lots of bad lighting at night or poor diet choices for the week, if you're able to weigh everything out like the cost benefit of each of your activities and choices and be able to maintain progress your weight loss your pain-free exercise you are doing a great job and not (laughs) we don't get to say that very often we don't get to feel that we don't get to we certainly don't hear it very often because in the fitness industry especially the personal training industry, were sold that maintenance is kind of lazy, that maintenance isn't progress, 
but it's not. There's a lot of biological factors and it's an uphill battle. Staying fit is an uphill battle after injury and as we age. That's why this podcast exists. That's why my practice exists. And I propose that if we think about maintenance as progress in this way, that doesn't make us lazy or complacent, but it makes us more focused on how we can actually succeed in going above and beyond our maintenance. Those of us tuning into this podcast have a current injury recovery battle that we're dealing with, or we are teetering between different phases of this injury recovery, or we've actually made it past and battled and strategized and stayed persistent on our injury recovery. And that's, all of those have a maintenance, they have progress, and they have below maintenance phases. Because the goal that I, the goals that I just mentioned and the phases of exercising with old injury are, there's a lot of gray area, it's complicated. So that's why I have this podcast today. And it's to really bring in that theme that we went through in all of July, which was how our fitness and our approach changes as we age. And by the fact, by the way, like you're listening to this, you're interested in successfully aging, meaning maintaining mobility, maintaining healthy muscle mass, and building in gratitude into this self-mastery process of aging successfully. successfully. <laughs> the two main themes for today is talking through maintenance as progress, defining that, and then defining or supporting this idea that I have that exercise with old injury, it has to be strategic. It needs to be tailored. And in order to do that, we have to approach this whole process uh, differently than the fitness industry leads us to do so. And the third thing that I want to touch on because it is a huge subject subject that is fascinating and you know what happens when I find fascinating muscle related things I get excited so that would be what happens to our muscles as we age it's fascinating because one nobody's talking about this stuff I have to search far and wide to find something aligned and I come from the belief that that doesn't mean I'm wrong. It means I'm on to something amazing. <laughs> so, you know, just to bring this into context, I'll talk through my most recent training phases and what I was focused on. The first thing I focused on is injury prevention. And the second thing is going beyond my maintenance and getting stronger. So just staying pain-free day to day with my old arthritis and bad knees is the maintenance. 
And that is progress because every day I'm putting stress through my body with doing muscle activation techniques, the RX process. And that is so um, hard on my body that I have to calculate how much I do it. So I currently am not accepting any new clients because um, I am committed to my current clients, but because I am not going to put any more stress into my body because I've got this perfect flow. Um, anyways, and so every day, day in and day out, I'm committed and seeing my clients. And then second, I have to work hard on getting the right amount of sleep going to bed at the same time and or following these habits and being efficient and staying on top of my diet and my supplements. All of those things are just for maintenance. And yes, again, that's progress. Going above and beyond that means there's extra work and maybe extra supplements and extra relaxation techniques to do that. I've worked that all in to go above and beyond the progress of just staying pain-free, energetic, and full of joy, appreciating the abundance every day. When I fall off going below my maintenance, those can be bad weeks. And I do my best to keep them very short and never blame mer mercury retrograde or have an external target of my stress. I instead work on my body's resilience and increasing the body's ability to buffer the stress, the retrograde, the toxic political. And my workouts have gotten harder. My, the, the guy that does my programming doesn't, he doesn't quite understand my battles day to day. He doesn't quite understand how much stress I do have to buffer mentally and physically. He knows, he knows enough to talk to me in the right way and help me work through the weeks where I'm struggling. And then those workouts are getting harder. That's the point. And I'm doing things that are way out of my comfort zone still. And this has been going on since January, late January. I'll take that back early February. So now it's the end of July, like the last day of July, and I'm still pushing in that direction. I've probably recently made progress because I got an hour of MATRX yesterday on Monday in New Jersey. It was fabulous. And I hope Chris Erdy comes on this podcast and maybe he's even listening um of core restore in uh new jersey link in the show notes if you're up there give him a shout he's amazing and i've i've made progress because i was i got that powerful medicine in my nervous system and now i'm allowed it, allowing it to upload and create less stress make in my muscle system or that's the same to me as not the same it, it's with the intention of not being fixed but i am raising my body's resilience which is different than getting a massage 
to relieve stress or going to your acupuncturist to say, I'm just stressed. Uh, they do help with that. They do remove that layer, but they can also help the body become more resilient. I don't know if massage does that directly, but perhaps if you use it in the right way and hydrate and do a good sweat like the day after, it's probably moving you in that right direction. Probably is a big probable there. I'm not a huge uh, believer in massage for increasing the body's resilience. But anyways, so that's the thought process. That is how I use it. And the valuable information that I'm bringing you today is to help you use that, to strategize. And of course, I have the tools to do that in Movement Pathways. We've uh, just started the new program with live courses and online learning mo uh, courses, modules, a masterclass of how to exercise without injury, without your old injury. And it's strategy, it's this thought process that I'm talking about now, and it's learning about these things that you're trying to change, your physiology, your um, how your nervous system responds to exercise, how the body is aligned uh, with the exercise that you're engaging in. And so let's get to that. Let's discuss what is you know, progress to you. Is it healthy weight? Is it not allowing your back to get thrown out? By not just staying away from things, but by appropriately stimulating and challenging yourself and not doing too much, right? So um, what is it to you? That's the first thing. Like, what do you, what is the opportunity cost of losing what you have right now. And over this past weekend that I was in New Jersey talking to Chris, we spoke about this multiple times because that's what MAT specialists do. We've overcome significant injury more than likely. That's how we ended up doing muscle activation techniques. And he in particular, which he'll tell you all about when he comes on the podcast, just manifesting that right now, he, um, he had a spinal fusion, and he was in pain for uh, 15 years or something. And they, of course, wanted to give him another fusion, and he refused. He knew that that wasn't going – he knew intuitively that that wasn't what his body needed, and that's when he was first treated with muscle activation techniques. And then throughout the years, he found that something was missing from that process, so he started the muscle activation Techniques RX process, which really truly is a game changer. And now he's got a machine that assists in, in helping people learn how to reintegrate their movement. And similar to what I do, and but his machine is again a game changer. So we discussed, you know, what it means to hold on to the pain-free status of our body. It takes a high level of body awareness, a wisdom that comes from not getting too analytical or um, 
what is it, too analytical about what could hurt me and being in a place of scarcity and scared of stress and scared of the next thing that could happen to your back, the thing that could throw you off. The wisdom to avoid that conversation with yourself is a, a masterful and mindful, worthy thing to do. And I just want to sit with that for a second because it is so important. It's significant that we recognize how not to decline. And just to repeat that, that doesn't mean just taking things away. If you're going to take something away, it's going to be strategic. And it's going to be because you know about your injury and about your body in a wise way, a prudent way. Um, and not saying, I, and I fall into this all the time, uh, battling with what I'm going to say no to. And then I have to strategize and break it down piece by piece, just like improving credit. You break it down piece by piece, account by account. And um, I, you know, I, <laughs> we're not going to talk about how that works, but, um, I think it's a good example of how you can see an injury and avoid the re, re relapse and the reoccurring injury over and over and over again and recognizing when you're making, when that you're making progress, when you are maintaining that status. So like I said earlier, exercise with old injury needs to be strategic and tailored and therefore, it is necessary to deconstruct the culture of fitness and build up a sustainable approach with applicable science. So the three categories that I teach my clients and my students is that the importance of the muscle system, the, important, the importance of the muscle system, the importance of maintaining healthy muscle mass. The second um, big chapter of my work with my clients is defining neuro-aligned exercise and helping them step into that space where they can learn to listen to their body and learn to take good information from their body, something I've spoken about hundreds of times on this podcast, right? What information do you use for your fitness process? What information do you use to maintain healthy joints, to maintain healthy movement, and maintain that you love exercise and feel good? It comes from this uh, place of neuro-aligned exercise. It feels good to your mind, it feels good to your body, and it feels good to your muscles. The third thing, and this is something you can download for free right now if you go to the show notes, and you can download the Strategic Goal Grid. This is a fabulous mechanism for strategizing this thought process, strategizing your way to thinking this way, and being in control of your health. Ultimately, that's the goal, being strategic about controlling your health. 
having as much control as possible. And that honoring that, that achievement and that mindset is such a high level of doing business with yourself and being your own fitness CEO and being the boss. I, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Obviously, I'm getting excited about that. So the strategic goal grid, it is designed to help your efficiency and help you be efficient by design. And that's looking at your physical limitations and improving it piece by piece. Just what I said. It's a whole, uh, it's like a journal um, or a business strategy. It's just going to help you work through it. And yeah, it's free, by the way. It's also there to assist you in learning about the opportunity cost of losing your status quo. And I included a link in there from Tim Ferriss, a, what's it called, a TED Talk. I'll put that by itself in the show notes. And he talks in depth about this, and for as much as you can, for 16 minutes or whatever it is, about how he fought his way back from mental illness by thinking this way. So he proposes, and I propose, that if you can calculate that opportunity cost, you can then have more honor, more gratitude, and more strategy, and more of a clear path for getting whatever it is that you want. And in this case, for this podcast, it's this fitness mastery of staying pain-free despite old injury. And I know what I know on so many levels what it means to do that. And so I appreciate you just being in this podcast sphere and downloading things and getting the strategic goal grid. I appreciate that you're even willing to step into that. And because I know, I know, I know, and have been a part of so many people's processes for doing that and my own process that. I just got to share the love, right? So anyways, um, the additional items that we need to build the sustainable approach and be strategic and have our tailored exercise is defining our neuro-aligned exercise that's in the Movement Pathways course. It's a big chunk of that, actually, is learning the cognitive and biological and neurological reasons that this type of exercise is so worth investing in. And again, the importance of the muscular system and maintaining the health of that goes back into the goal grid. However, the importance of understanding the why, what do muscles do, and why should I care so much? I have all, not all the answers, I have put together a lot of answers to that (laughs) question, and it is truly mind-altering information because 
because if you change the way you think about exercise, you're going to change your entire outcome, the outcomes of your exercise. So that's my promise. Change your view on exercise and your exercise will change. On to the next tidbit of embracing maintenance is progress. That is thinking about how the muscles as we age. And this goes back to this opportunity cost idea. What happens to people when they lose muscle? I have this book and it's about a subject called sarco sarcopenia. And the book is very interesting. It's written by a man, a cancer, prostate cancer survivor, who at the time of writing it is 86. And he is shocked that medicine wants nothing to do with how important the muscle system is and sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle as we age, it's a very natural process, that the loss of our strength contributes significantly to how we age, successful aging or unsuccessful aging. Most of us know what unsuccessful aging looks like and we don't have to look much further than our parents usually that uh, or understanding that we don't want to be on medications and relying on lots of uh, braces and limping or canes in our 50s and our 60s. And these vessels that we're in right now, <laughs> they're going to last if we take care of them uh, a while. And or if nothing, you know, terrible, catastrophic happens, they're going to last us um, with modern medicine over 100 years. Right now, um, it's well accepted that somebody can live to 105. So fast forward 50, 60 years, what's that going to look like? What is successful aging? So it's time to start defining that for yourself. Don't wait for a pill. Um, the sooner you start building muscle mass and maintaining it, and I'm not speaking to you as a bodybuilder, and I'm not speaking to anyone that in that way. I'm saying get strong, maintain that strength, and the sooner you do it, the better, and the more successfully we will age. So, and so this book, let's see, I'm going to grab my notes from it. It's called The Strong Path. The author is Fred Bartlett. So the full title is Choosing the Strong Path, Reversing the Downward Spiral of Aging. I've picked out a couple excerpts from this. Dr. Felding on prevention. So his, uh, these are notes from a interview with Dr. Roger Felding, Fielding, one of the world's leading experts on sarcopenia. And they he explained in this chapter that there is no medical school that includes courses in exercise, physiology, or nutrition. I hope this was as 2016, 
I think nutrition is starting to get in there. And sarcopenia was not given its own international classification uh, until a few years ago. Dr. Fielding, Fielding, Fielding states, older patients need to know that the problem they have getting up the stairs is because of loss of muscle. They know about arthritis and high blood pressure, but they don't know that the loss of muscle function is not some normal consequences of aging. As an example of how important muscle mass is to life and health, Dr. Fielding told us that muscle mass, quote, muscle mass is predictive of the number of days a serious cancer patient will survive. The greater the muscle mass, the longer the life. And of course, he nods to the earlier that you start this and building these habits and maintaining muscle health, the earlier, the better. So start when you start and move forward, people. And I'm not talking to most of you. I'm talking to people that aren't hip to strength training. Like, get on it. It is so important to be strong. And this book... The strong choosing the strong path just substantiates that statement for several hundred pages. And then, so I got some good news and bad news to report back on this sarcopenia thing and understanding how important the factor of aging is when we talk about progress and maintenance. And so let's say the bad news first. Um, your muscle output changes as you age. And I'm referring to basically anything over the age of 35 is you're on a decline as far as muscles go. So when you hit 35, and arguably some women earlier than that, your body, your mus musculoskeletal and nervous system start to change. And one of those big changes is the muscle output changes. And that's because the mitochondria start to decline, which is like the powerhouse of, and distributes the energy to the muscles for them to contract and pull on the bones. And the muscle output changes uh, because of a decrease in protein synthesis, which is um, how your body uh, can build muscle and use proteins and amino acids. So sometimes... Um, we might think it's just better to not synthesize protein, perhaps, uh, because your ability to do so has declined. Or you could argue that strength training and having a healthy gut and digestive system and maintaining that is the answer to fighting the decline of protein synthesis as we age. The other thing uh, that has an effect on the muscle output is the quality of muscle. So that has to do with protein synthesis and the mitochondria. But it's important to think about the muscle in this way. Um, muscle output means, you know, how efficiently it's using energy, I guess, i.e. burning something, you know, calories, I guess. Uh, ugh, I would take that out, but I'm just going to leave it. Because um, that, that's not a great example. But that muscle quality and the speed at which it communicates that's going to change your nerves they need their they need proper flow they need oxygen they need blood flow to 
maintain their health. And that's just like maintaining your plumbing, whether we're talking about the digestive system or your actual house plumbing. It's the same. The flow's got to be open and not clogged and not impeded. So, um, yeah, that can contribute to the muscle output or how efficient it is. The next thing is I would just call it torque control. So if the muscle output's changing and declining, the ability for your body to control your posture and maintain strength throughout the day, whether that be sitting or teaching yoga or uh, painting or doing muscle activation techniques, the, the, the way that your body controls the forces and holds your body up in a gravitational focused environment like the world that we live in. Um, oh gosh, that's a big change. That So we've got to fight those things. We've got to attack it piece by piece. And the good news is that strength training really takes care of almost all of that, except for the protein synthesis and the mitochondria decline. Those are also nutritional things that uh, pieces, hold on, nutritional, those are things you can take care of with nutritional strategies and strength training, so both. So the good news is that once you stop exercising, like let's say you drop below progress and you get hurt or uh, you have a stressful event in your life and you kind of have to stop exercising because that's too much stress and you'd rather have sleep, um, once you stop exercising, or i.e. stimulating your muscle system, it doesn't take as long to get the muscle back as it takes to originally obtain the muscle. So building muscle after the age of 35 essentially is an uphill battle. So, But the good news is, once you get it, you can have it back easily. So more reason to start now, especially if you feel good, right? Um, and, oh, just, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever say just do it. But when I am referring to starting strength training, that's it. Like the sooner, the better. Um, so I guess I'll just leave you with this tip, you know, increase your body's ability to buffer stress physically and mentally. There's all kinds of people to help you do this. You just need to find the ones that are going to help you think critically about your process. Learn about your process, about your body. And if I'm that person in the D.C. area or my colleagues are to do muscle activation techniques, that's a great way to start. Or Movement Pathways course, my online masterclass for doing all of these things is also available to help you help you increase your body's ability to buffer stress physically. The mental part, I have tons of podcasts, uh, not tons. <laughs> I have a bunch of podcast episodes about that and lots of resources for you. They are waiting for you. People can help you change if you have the desire to do so. And I'm just straight up proud of you for tuning in this far and listening to essentially this sermon 
about why your body is worth the time. Why, or not why, yeah, why maintaining your muscles and maintaining your strength is a worthy investment. So say it to yourself before you take that next step towards your journey to do this. I am worthy of this investment of time, of energy, of money, what, what, the combination of all those things. You're worthy of it. And I know you are because you've made it this far in the podcast. This isn't, this kind of stuff isn't for everyone. Um, we're not just throwing around dumb little diluted tips about building booties and biceps, right? Um, smashing and clashing, as the bodybuilders say. Getting it, getting it in or jumping mindlessly in class with burpees. This isn't for them. Uh, and or uh, hopefully I'm helping you make the transition out of that into strategic and smart exercise. If you are so inclined, I would accept your five-star review on iTunes. We are going to read one. Let's see if I got any new ones. I'm going down. No, I do not. However, I do have 15 ratings and I have five stars. So I would gladly accept your rating and your feedback. So if you've got more to talk about um, and you have more questions, I am definitely here. But let's hear this uh, review. She writes, Jacqueline Amys writes, incredible. Jen makes it all click. She is a true light in this crazy, ever-changing health and fitness world. Thank you, Jacqueline. I know you left that a while ago, and I hope you are still listening. And bravo uh, if you've been able to take this, I don't know, ever-changing take this information and in the ever-changing and crazy fitness world and make adjustments and change and getting into a groove of maintaining or going way past that and progressing while you have all this crap going on in your body and all this stress being thrown at you left and right. Um, have a, a wonderful week in August, you can expect a couple more interviews, and I'll probably take a break after that and just start refining this process that I'm in. My studio is moving, and I've got a second specialist on staff and a new assistant, so there's a lot to do, like write a business plan. Anyways, um, I love you, and I cannot wait to hear from you. Bye.